Happy Easter. All right. Awesome. Hey, before you sit down, too, I just need to let you know, um, we, uh, we didn't plan any extra services, and, but we always have extra people. And so before you sit, if there is an empty seat, we really do need you to squeeze kind of towards the middle because people are kind of waiting to come in. There's people standing there in the back and uh, people will keep coming in. So if you could do that for me and then go ahead and have a seat. Thank you very much. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Right here it is, you guys. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Okay, let's read this together. You guys do this with me? So make sure this is what we're all about today, this verse right here. Here we go. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So here's what I want you to let you know today, and here's why we celebrate Easter. Of course, there's many reasons. But the one we want to remember today is that because of Easter, you have, I don't care who you are in this building today, you have everything that you need for life. Everything. It's yours. Every spiritual blessing is yours. And that's what Easter's all about. So we praise the one who paid our debt. Anybody out there glad that Jesus paid your debt? Okay, yeah, okay, cool, excellent. I know I am, and some of us owe a little more than others, right? And even Jesus said that. He who's been forgiven little loves little, but he who's been forgiven much loves much. We really like Easter a lot. Those of us who he has paid a huge debt, then we celebrate that. Love did that for us. I don't know if you guys were here about, if you were able to join us on Good Friday, we had about 450 to almost 500 people came through and experienced our Good Friday experience together. And if you were here, you'll recognize this cross up there. And um, I, I don't even know if the camera, I don't know if you guys can get up there, maybe it's for the people who can't see it. But on this cross, as we, what we did is we went through five different experiences to go through what Jesus Christ went through on his last 24 hours on earth. And during one of those stations, what we did is we just thought about all the debt that we owe. We thought about all the things that we've done wrong against Christ, the sin that's in our life, and we had, they gave us a chance just to write those things down for us. And then at the final stage in this building, we came over to this building, and there were a hammer, and there was a nail, and we got to take the stuff that we had written down and nail it to the cross. And I'm telling you right now, it was, I was in the last group, so that, that cross was chuck full of all your crud. So I read it, and I, I'm kidding. No, I'm just kidding. No, no. So, um, but we, we just, we stuck it up there, and it, but, it, but the coolest thing for me was my list. I don't want anybody to read it, because you'll probably figure out who I am. And, uh, but to know, on Friday, Good Friday, Jesus said, can I demonstrate how much I love you? Can I demonstrate how much I love you? While you were still sinning, I'd die for you. This is how we know what love is, the Bible tells us, that Jesus Christ would lay down his life for us. And here's the other cool thing about that, is when he was on the cross, it says it got really dark, you couldn't see, the thunder rolled, the earthquake began to happen, and in that moment, in the temple, there was this huge curtain that separated the holy of holies where God's presence was from the rest of us, normal people. And when Jesus, after he died in that moment, that curtain ripped in two. 
And that was the symbol right there for God to say, from now on, every one of you in this room has absolute access to me. And you now have every spiritual blessing that I've been longing to give to you. And we live in 2009, you guys, and it's all ours. Praise to be to him who paid our debt. It's awesome. All right. The second thing is praise the one who raised his life up from the dead. I sat with Susan on our couch late last night, and I just looked at her, and I said, so what's that mean for you? I know for me what it means is even in this moment, right now, Jesus is alive. And then he says, and I want to live in you. He's in me right now. That's good news for you, because maybe you'll hear from him instead of me. Because I can tell you this, if you hear from God today, your life will never be the same. And that's so cool, but to know that there's not a moment in my life that Jesus Christ doesn't live with me. God himself. I'm all into that. And I need that. And I praise him for that. And then Susie just added, and she goes, and for me, the fact that death has no sting. We talked about that last week here. The fact that now, and when my days are over, I just get to go spend eternity with him forever because of what Jesus Christ has done. Can I tell you this again? I'm, I'm gonna, you guys, it's a so broken record today. Here's the deal. You have every spiritual blessing in Christ. Peter put it this way. You have everything you need for life because of Easter, because Jesus Christ took care of the stuff that was separating us from God, and then he rose again to live so that you could know God intimately and personally. For me, the picture I had was a vault. Uh, You know, just last week, I was kind of meditating on this message, and I had this picture of a vault And um, we found one, and so just so you guys can throw that up there, uh, if you can picture this, that's a a big vault. That's not a vault. (laughs) There it is. All right, excellent. And, and, And if you can imagine if that door was closed, and you walked up, and you knew that behind that vault, that's a huge vault, by the way, that there was so much cash in the back of that vault that it would be more than you could even dream about figuring out how to spend It would take care of you forever. It would meet every single one of your needs. Can you imagine knowing that that much cash was sitting there for you and you couldn't get it? That would be really frustrating. To know there's only one person who knows the combination to that vault. Would you please open it? You guys, that's what Easter is. Easter is, I'm the one. Jesus saying, I'm the one who can open the vault into every spiritual blessing that you need for life. I'm the one who knows the combination. And when he died on the cross and when he rose again, he opened it up. The door, here's the deal. The door is wide open. And it's for every single one of you. I don't care if you're here this morning, you don't give a rip about God. It's for you. It's especially for you, which is so cool. And that's the, 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 the curtain was torn and the valve was open. The vault is open and it's all yours. So here we go. Bear with me here. I just want to read for you some of my favorite scriptures that tell us what the spiritual blessing is, okay? The deal with, because Jesus rose from the dead, you have this. The first one is 1 Peter 1.3. It says, Praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he's given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you. Did you hear that one? What's it say? Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, you have a living hope. Anybody need some hope? 
I'm telling you, man, in this world, when you have no idea what the future holds, to know that you have a living hope every single day of your life, a hope that God is with you, he's gonna work things out for the good, for those who love him, it's an amazing thing. And then, if that's not enough for you, can I just tell you, Jesus says, that you also have an inheritance. Anybody in here ever had an inheritance? That's what I thought. We can't even relate to this. Okay, so, but he says you have an inheritance and it's kept in heaven for you. It's not going to fade. It's not going to spoil. There's nothing that can take it away because Jesus Christ holds it for you because he's alive waiting to give it to you. Romans 4.25 says he was delivered over to death for our sins and he was raised to life for our justification And that's another word that doesn't mean much to us, but it means he was raised to life for your forgiveness to make you right with God. In other words, you stood before God, you stand before God, completely guilty. He deserves, he has every right because he's holy just to slam the gavel and say, away with you. And instead, he slams the gavel and he says, completely forgiven. Thank you, God, for that because Jesus raised from the dead. Romans 6, 4, we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, listen to this one, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Anybody here need a new life? Any of you wake up in the morning and you just go, oh man, not again. You know, you're just facing it. You know yourself. Either you've got your own internal struggles or you've got the external struggles. You have this thing. You want to get better. You've read every self-help book you can find. And you just say, isn't there some way I can live a new life? And and on Easter, God wants to look at you and say, yes, yes, I opened the vault. It's all in there for you. All you got to do is receive it. It's yours and you will live a new life because my spirit is in you and my mercies are new every day. I love that. All right, Romans, uh, where am I at? Romans 7, 4. So my brothers, you also died to the law through the body of Christ that you might belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead in order that we might bear fruit to God. So what's this one say? We belong to somebody. Does that excite you? I'm not sure if it would. Especially if you're a man, it's kind of weird. Like, I don't want to belong to anybody. You know, I, I want to be strong. I want to be independent. I want to be able to make it on my own. I want to tell you right now, for me, I love the fact that when Jesus raised from the dead, it says it was so that I would belong to somebody else. And I am so glad that my life belongs to God because he is good and he is right and he is perfect in everything he does, and then he's got me. Because you know what? I'm not very good, and I'm not very right all the time, and I don't always know what's best for me. Anybody relate to that? I would much rather belong to somebody else who can make my life the way it was intended to be. And then he says, you know what you, and the reason that you belong to him is so that you can bear fruit unto God. See, now I know there's not a soul in this room that doesn't want to live a life that's fruitful, that doesn't want to live the life that's purposeful, that doesn't want to get out there and say, man, my life has reason. When you wake up in the morning and you feel like you have no purpose in life, that is not what God intended for you to be. In that vault, in every spiritual blessing is your purpose that you were created for. And he wants to make you fruitful. You guys know the fruit? He wants to make you full of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and self-control. 
I'm telling you, that's what he has for you. And it's possible because the one who is loving and joyful and peaceful, all that kind of stuff, is now in you through Easter. Then, Romans 8, 11, this is good. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. Can I say that again? Listen to this one. The same spirit that rose Jesus Christ from the dead lives in you? Holy smokes. That's amazing. That's unbelievable. Now, again, if, if you've grown up and you know Easter, you're kind of like, oh, come on, go in the Easter service, you know, again. It's like, no, don't do that. Stop and imagine. I always say this, but I still have yet to go to a funeral where the person popped out of the casket in the middle of it. It just hasn't happened yet. This resurrection from the dead, you guys, is unbelievable. And the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, when you receive Christ, you receive that same spirit. We're going to get on that more later. Unbelievable. Last one, Hebrews 7, 25. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. I, I, it brought tears to my eyes yesterday to think that Jesus Christ always lives to intercede for me. Have you ever thought about that one? You ever just meditated on that fact? You ever feel totally alone out there in life and nobody gives a rip about you? You ever know in the middle of that, Jesus Christ himself lives because he rose again to intercede for you. And that's what he's doing. I'm telling you. So you're getting, a, you're getting just a taste of the riches here? A taste of what, what's behind the vault? A taste of what he has for you? Can I say it again? You have everything you need for life. Let me give you a kind of a tangible example. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was uh, up in the mountains uh, doing a, kind of some study away. Uh, a really great guy here at the church let me go up and use his cabin. And he told me beforehand, he said, man, you're going to need four-wheel drive uh, to be able to get up here. And so I, uh, Rutledge was out of town, so I borrowed his four-wheel drive, a uh, Honda Passport, I think it is. And uh, I got in that puppy, you know, because and, and, you know, I drive a Beetle. You know, that ain't quite going to make it. I know all of you are like, a beetle? Me too. I, I don't understand it. But um, so I hop in a real man's truck, you know, and I'm going up this, this, this hill. And it was amazing. It was steep. It was snowy. It was slippery. It was muddy. It was, ugh, and I just cranked right up it. I had everything I needed to get to this unbelievable, beautiful destination. It was, uh, it was awesome. Well, on Friday, Susie was going to come up with the kids and join me for that night. And so I told her, I said, hey, dude, no, I don't call her dude, babe, <laughs> babelicious. Um, I said, uh, you are going to want to get an SUV, four-wheel drive, or you will never make it up here. And so uh, she shows up with a Honda CRV, um, which is a newer, one of the newer versions. I look at it and I go, oh, man, I just don't think you're going to make it. You know, she goes, well, let's try. And so, okay. So, of course, being the man, I took the truck and, uh, and put her in the car. And uh, we came around, and sure enough, the first hairpin turn that we took, and we started to go up, I just, I cranked right up it. I went around the turn. I waited, and I waited, and I waited. She didn't show up. I turned around, and sure enough, she's there. She had slid back. The wheels were spinning. She couldn't make it. She went into the snow, and she's sitting there. And in that moment, she didn't have what she needed to get there. Now, and can I just tell you this too? Once we hopped in the truck as a whole family and went up there and we got in the mud, 
I just, we just started laughing because we were like, there is no way you would have ever gotten through this thing. Do you ever feel in your life that you can see it? It's like you can smell it, you can taste it. You know there's something more and you think you've got what it takes to have life like you know you could. And some of you are in a CRV. Someone told you that would be enough. And you're going through life and your tires are spinning and you're sliding backwards even and you're not getting there. If you're a Masters fan, you're in the rough. You're over in the woods. You were in the fairway and now you're not. And you're like, how did this happen to me? Some of you are in a beetle for God's sake. You don't have a prayer and you know it. But you want to get up there. I'm telling you, there was nothing like sitting in Rutt's vehicle knowing, knowing I have everything I need to get to the destination. On Easter, Jesus wants to plant you in the SUV truck and take you exactly where he intended you to be. You have everything that you need. Now, can I just read for you? What I've been praying for you, it's what I pray for me, but I've been praying for you this day, this right here. Look at this, Ephesians 1. He goes, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I, I know on Easter, especially on this day, there are many of you who are visiting with us. If, I, I, I like to, if it's okay, I like to just be honest. I know some of you are here today uh, for the sole reason because you love the person who drags you here. And, and, and you are here because you love them, and I appreciate your willingness to do that. And I know that some of you are here today, and at this point, Easter doesn't, it doesn't mean that much to you. You can tell it means something to me, but it doesn't mean that much to you. And can I just tell you this? It won't. It doesn't surprise me at all. I, I love the fact you're here. Thank you. Seriously, thank you for joining us today. Because what the Bible tells us is, unless there's a spirit of wisdom and revelation, in other words, unless you have a spiritual encounter where God reveals to you what Easter is really all about, it won't mean anything to you. And so I'm praying that you might know him better. Can I tell you this, though? There's a lot of you who believe in Jesus and your wheels are spinning, man. You, 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 you are a follower of Christ, but you know right now you don't have everything you need for life. You need to know him better. And I'm praying that today you would have a revelatory experience as well. And whatever it is that's causing your wheels to spin would stop today. And you would receive everything you need for life. The verse goes on, says this, I also pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know three things. The first one, so that you would know the hope to which he has called you. I love this, you guys, because you need to know today, no matter where your life is at, there's hope. And God has called you to a hope that can get you through every storm in your life and a hope that's eternal, that living hope I talked about. And, but here's what has to happen. What has to happen? The eyes of your heart have to be enlightened so that you can know that hope. If you're in here today and you're in despair or you're struggling with um, some issues in life and you, you don't have hope, 
even now, would you, man, just say, God, if you could actually enlighten my heart so I could know hope, I'd love for that to happen. He also prays that the eyes of your heart might be enlightened in order that you may know the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. Again, I'm, I can't wait as we go through this rest of this day to let you know you are a millionaire spiritually. You have so much money and a lot of you in here don't even know it. You, you, think, you think you're spiritually broke and you're not. You are not. There is not one soul in this room that isn't a spiritual millionaire problem is most of us doesn't figure that out yet but it's there for you so we pray that the eyes of our heart would be enlightened so we'd know these riches that are ours and then the last one is and this is incredible he goes we also pray verse 19 that you would come to know his incomparably great power for us who believe that power is like the working of his mighty strength which he exerted in christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. This verse drives me nuts. If you've been here long, you've heard me say it before. Is there anybody out there who has incredibly great power? Anybody got it? I'm telling you, here's the issue. You should. Apparently, according to what God says, we should actually know this power that's incomparably great. And instead, we are walking through our life, and I'm in, I, am, I, I just want to jump out there and sit and listen for a second because I need this too. Where's the power? The same power that he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart would be open so that you might know that. So, that's what Easter is all about, you guys. You have every spiritual blessing, hope, inheritance, power. You have all that you need for life. And so here's the question then. What do you need today? What, you're a human being. You don't have everything. What do you need today? Do you need peace? Deep-seated peace to calm your anxiety. Do you need his joy? Are some of you just, your heart has been so heavy for so long. You wake up in the morning and you just would love nothing else than to actually see a smile on your face when you look in the mirror instead. Jesus said, you can have my joy and my joy will be complete in you. Do you just need to know that God loves you? Have you bought the lie that he's so angry at you that he wants nothing to do with you? And you just need to be loved. Do you need purpose? Do you need faithfulness, you guys? Are you struggling to be faithful to your spouse? Are you struggling, struggling to be faithful at your work? Do you waste time when you work? Do you borrow funds? Do you, you, and you don't really want to? You can't be faithful? God is faithful. That's one of the spiritual blessings that he can give you, the ability to be faithful. Do you need to be gentle with your kids, anybody? You know? I mean, to have self-control, to be able to exude who God is to your children instead of your quick-to-anger stuff? Do you need forgiveness today? Ah, oh, the list goes so on. Are you going through deep sorrow? And we have a God who says, I'm a God of all comfort, who can comfort you in any trouble that you have. That's one of the spiritual blessings. And then the last one, are you sitting here today going, no, I'm doing pretty good. I don't really need any of that. I got most of that. If you have everything you need today, my guess is you might sense there's something though that's missing. He's the something. 
He's the extra thing, even for you, whose life is fantastic. I love Romans 8, 32. It says, He who did not spare his son but gave him for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? So here's what we're going to do. In the middle of my message, I'm going to come back and do the second part of my message, but in the middle of this message, before we go on to the next part, I want to give you a chance just to meditate and to think about and dwell on and just soak in everything I just told you. That you have a God who has everything that you need for life and the curtain has been torn. You have full access to him. You are a millionaire if you would like it to be that way. And he has everything that you need. And we're just going to give you a chance to watch something and then to listen to something to help you understand all that God has for you and is available for you because of Easter. So let's watch this together. Isn't that a great song? I I love it. I five-starred it on my iTunes. Um, But you know, it's interesting that we actually clap to that, actually. Because if you listen to the words, it's really haunting. I love that song, and I hate that song. (laughs) I hate that song because it says, He is everything I want. He is everything I need. He's everything inside of me that I wish that I could be. He says all the right things at, uh, just at the right time. And he means nothing to you. And you don't know why. See, isn't that kind of like, oh, <laughs> yeah, way to go, you guys, but holy crow. And, I, and, I, and, and what's hit me with that, you guys, is this. I, I, I do, I love Jesus Christ. I can't help it. He just won't leave me alone. <laughs> And he is so good to me whenever I engage with him. And it's amazing to me the moments in my life when he means nothing to me. Where I will totally engage with things that he will have nothing to do with. And so see, in that moment, he means nothing to me. Or I wouldn't do it. It's amazing to me the seasons in my life that will go on where even though I do know, I've tasted and I know he's good, that as a follower of Jesus Christ, seasons will happen in my life where in all reality he doesn't mean much to me. And I've been caught up in the stuff of this world and it means much more to me than he does. But I also know for some of you, again, that you're here and Jesus has never meant anything to you. He just doesn't. And I think no matter what stage you're in today, what I want to remind you of is if you're a follower of Christ, and again, you have just faded away, and he doesn't mean that much to you lately, and you know it. In your your heart, he does, because he always will. But in the way you're living your life, he doesn't mean much to you. You have everything you need for life and for godliness. You need direction and purpose and peace and strength and hope and purity and he has it all for you. And yet there are times when he doesn't mean anything to you. And I, and I just want to encourage you, again, if you're sitting here today and just in your whole life, Jesus Christ has never meant anything to you and you don't know why. I mean, I think that's partly, that can be really true. I love the Lord's that song. He doesn't mean anything to me, but I really don't know why. Can I share with you um, what the Bible tells us as to why he doesn't mean anything to us? 
we're just kind of busting through Ephesians here a little bit. We're going to get in chapter 2 here, verse 1. Paul writing, he says this, he goes, the reason is because once um, you were dead and you were doomed forever because of your many sins. And, and if you think about a dead person, you know, a dead person doesn't do a whole lot. Um, a dead person doesn't feel anything. A dead person doesn't think. A dead person can't do anything. And what the Bible teaches us is that there's a time in all of our lives when we're spiritually dead. And, and, and what does that look like? And he says, well, he goes on to explain it. It's not up here, but he says, see, when we follow the ways of this world and not God's ways, when we disobey what God wants us to do, see, it pulls us farther away from him and he's life. And the farther away we are from him, the more dead our souls get. It's just the way that we are. And he goes, sometimes, we, well, all of us, we have this nature, and for some reason, every human being craves things that are things that God doesn't want us to be involved in. We just, anybody? I mean, that's just, that's our life. And when we gratify those cravings, our soul dies. And so we get caught up in that. And I, I found this amazing thing about a, a dead person, uh, a guy that I was studying, he just says, a drowning man, anybody in here ever actually drown? Anybody in here drown? Wow, like, okay, three, anybody else? I mean, I just, that just wigs me out. <laughs> you know, to think about going underwater and eventually drinking in so much that you are drowning, then you would pass out. And so what can you do once you're actually drowning? You can't even pray. If you're drowning, if not, not drowning, if you're drowned, if you're under the water, you've sucked it in, you pass out, you're toast. There is no hope for you. You can't pray, you can't swim, you can't think, you can't feel. And here's what this guy says, a drowning man stops breathing and there is nothing he can do. If he ever breathes again, it will be because someone else starts him breathing. Spiritually dead people need God to breathe life into them first to ever be able to truly live. This is really good news. Because if you're sitting here today and you're going, he means nothing to me. I hear you saying about all those riches and all the stuff I could have for life. Sounds good, actually, but it just doesn't mean anything to me. See, what the best news for you today is that what God says is, can I demonstrate my love for you? Can I, can I show you what my love is like? When you want nothing to do with me, I want everything to do with you. If your soul is dead, you're the one I died for. I didn't die for the people who are trying to be good. I died for the ones who need me, the ones who are drowning. That's who I'm here for. So if you want nothing to do with Jesus today, you're in great, that's awesome. Because today he wants to tell you, you're exactly the one I'm here for. I came for those that are far away from me so that I could draw them to myself and give them life. And you guys need to understand this truth. It's critical. I thought about it in my own life. I didn't run after God. I ran away from God. He's just faster than me. <laughs> and I want to tell you, if God is looking at your heart, it's because he loves you. And I want to tell you this. This is the other thing too. Jesus said, no one will come to me unless the Father draws him to me. 
So if you've never been interested in God, I, it's because you're dead spiritually. And the only way it's ever going to happen, according to his revelation to us, is if God begins to breathe life into you. Now here's what's wild. I don't know most of you from Adam. And I have no idea what's going on inside your heart, obviously. In the last few minutes we have, though, I want to encourage you to be really, really sensitive to your heart. Because when God starts knocking on the door of your heart, you'll know it. You will know it. And that is when you do not want to deny what he's doing in you. Once he starts wooing you, once he starts saying you, I want you, I love you, I know you don't love me, but I love you. I came to give you life. I know why I created you. I have everything in store. By the way, I just want to let you know, I have written the check. Your name is on it. It's yours. You're a millionaire spiritually. All you have to do is take the check and cash it in. That is what Easter is for. It's there for you. And so when I think about why don't we turn our hearts towards God and if you're there today and he just doesn't mean much to you, can I maybe throw out a couple suggestions? One would be, <clears throat> this might be a harder one to believe or whatever, but it's true according to the Bible, is that we have a spiritual enemy and it says that he blinds our minds so that we don't believe. And so deception is his key tool. And sometimes we just believe things that aren't true about God. And when you buy those lies you're never going to be interested in God because I'm sure what you're thinking about God is he's the last thing you would want in your life because he'd just screw it all up. <laughs> when the Bible says, no, in fact, maybe what you should do is just pick one of these up. They're free. We've got a ton of them in the lobby. Pick one up and start reading and find out what he's really like. Find out the truth to defeat the lies that you've been buying. Some of you just have a hard heart. I don't know why. There could be a million different reasons. But man, you hear about, maybe you were, maybe you just had, I don't know what it is, but your heart right now towards God is just hard. Here's, here's the best, can I tell you? One time I knew somebody, they, they told my wife, they said, hey Susie, for me to believe in God would like turn, be, be turning a rock into a flower. Like, wow. Guess what? She believes in God today. I love that. See, God can take your heart of stone. He doesn't have, that's no issue for him. But maybe that's why you're turned away from him. Or maybe you just, and this is a hard one to hear, but human beings, all of us have it, it's just pride. We just, inside our very heart, we don't need God. I, I am self-sufficient, I'm good, I'm doing fine, and I don't need him. And that might be one of your reasons. Or maybe you're hurt, or, or maybe you're just running, you're scared of losing your life, or maybe you've just never understood Maybe you've never heard the truth about how amazing God is and the love that he has for you. Um, well, I don't know what it is, but can I just share with you this? The very next part of this passage in Ephesians 2.4 says this. You were dead, and verse 4 says, but God. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so very much that even while we were dead because of our sins, even though God meant nothing to us, and we were living a life completely opposite of what he wanted, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. There it is, there's Easter. When Jesus Christ rose from the dead, God offered all humanity life. The curtain was torn in two, the vault was open, the inheritance was yours, and it's all there. It is only by God's special favor, which means his grace, that you have been saved. 
Guys, I, I love this. But God. You know what? Uh, uh, you guys, all of us need to celebrate that phrase right there, but God. In fact, let me read to you what one guy wrote. I love this. He says, we were dead in our sins, but God. We were rebels against him, but God. We were enslaved by Satan and our sinful natures, but God. And then he says, these may be the two most welcome words in all of scripture, but God. God could have left us spiritually dead. He could have left us in rebellion against him and in bondage to our sins, but he didn't. He did not save us because of, but rather in spite of what he saw in us, but God. You guys, no matter what state you're in today, Easter is about Jesus coming and saying, I love you, I will initiate, I will come, I want to give you life. And look at this. It says, verse 6 says, For God raised us from the dead along with Christ, and we are seated with him in the heavenly realms, all because we are one with Christ Jesus. And so God, this is great, can always point to us as an example of the incredible wealth of his favor and kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for us through Christ Jesus. God saved you by his special favor, which means his grace, when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things you have done, so none of us can boast about it. For, I love this. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. Now, I don't know what you heard when I just read that, but can I tell you what I hear when I read that? It's all the work of God. You are his masterpiece. I love art. Susie's an artist. I love that when you see something that somebody, oh, that's awesome. But what you realize is, it's, but this person thought of that. They created it. Without the person doing the work, there would be no masterpiece. And what you need to know today on Easter is that God wants to make you a masterpiece. He wants to do it. He's already done all the work. And then it says all you have to do, again, I'm telling you, he wrote the check, Dave Nelson, limitless funds. (laughs) And you just have to sign the check and cash it, and it's yours. You have to believe in Christ. Now, here's the deal, though. The inheritance, you know what the inheritance is? It's him. See, what you get is you don't get, ooh, now I'm powerful, or now I'm good, or now I'm this. No. What you get is him and his goodness and his power. So if you are going to sign that check and believe in Christ and receive him into your life, you know what's going to happen? You will never be the same again. And I think that's why many of us go, okay, sounded good for a while, but I don't really want to change, you know? I don't want to be different But the deal is, if God comes in your life, you will never be the same again. He does it all. Now, here's what's neat, you guys. I love this real phrase. Um, When you see, this one guy said this, he goes, when you see a turtle on a fence post, okay, picture that. Can you imagine a turtle on a fence post? If you see a turtle on a fence post, you know he didn't get there by himself. Isn't that good? Here he is. Here you are. Now, and I love that phrase because you know if you've ever seen a turtle and he's sitting on a fence post, 
You know, there's no way. No, he didn't do that. The only way he got up there is somebody outside of himself picked him up and put him up there. You guys, Easter is God looking at you and saying, can I just make something really clear here? You will never save yourself. Jesus had no business coming to earth if we could have saved ourselves. We were all dead. We were all drowning. And without the work of God in our life, there is no salvation. But when a person finds Christ and the Holy Spirit comes in their heart, uh, did you catch this verse? He says, God can always point to us as examples of the incredible wealth of his favor and kindness towards us. In other words, he goes, he goes I want the world to see you as different than what you once were. And people will look at you and they go, man, how'd you become such a great person? But dude, I'm a turtle. <laughs> I mean, you know it. See, that's the point. As soon as you feel like, man, I'm good or I'm better than somebody else, or I'm this, you've missed the whole point. The closer you get to God, the closer you realize how much you need him. And then when it's time to worship him, you worship him and you praise him because you realize without Jesus Christ in my life, I got nothing. But with Christ in my life, I have everything I need for life. So, this is the hardest part of the, I don't know why, it's, this is the hardest part of the service for me. But I feel like I just need to really give you a very, very clear invitation today. So you just, you just heard the good news <laughs> that you have a God who loves you <clears throat> and even if you're far away from him, he's passionate for you and especially if you're far away from him. And if you'll receive Jesus Christ into your life, and here's what I don't know, but I know we've been praying for you. And I just want to say, if, you, if God has never meant anything to you, and you're sitting in this service today, and your heart's just kind of shaken, when God starts knocking on the door of your heart, you will know. I'm just, I'm, I'm just guessing out of his great love for you that some of you are sensing the grace of God today in your life. And all you have to do is just agree with God and say, man, God, I have so not been living with you. And I want to receive your forgiveness for that, for all of my sin. And I want to receive you into my life. And if you do that, he says, I'll come in and you will become my child. My spirit will live in you and you will have every spiritual blessing right at your fingertips. It's yours. It's yours. And then I also need to say, for those of you who are children of God, you are, but you know he hasn't been meaning much to you at all lately. You have totally gone off the path, doing the things of this world, the stuff that God will have nothing to do with, and on Easter morning, you're sitting here going, no more. You feel him just, and you know, if you're really a follower of Christ, you know the prodigal son story that God's standing with his arms open just waiting to receive you home. And all you got to do is just come home and he'll, and he'll just embrace you. You guys, last time, I'm so sorry, but this last time, every single one of you are. God died for every one of you in this room. The spiritual blessings are yours 
every single one of you. Can you imagine having an inheritance like that and just going, nah. No, I'd rather struggle with the economy, you know. I mean, can you imagine someone come up to you? You would never go, hey, quit trying to push that money on me. You know, no, you would just go, are you kidding me? Give it to me. It's mine? Praise God. And I want to tell you, spiritually, it's yours. Every one of you are loved by God. But until you receive Christ, those blessings will stay in the vault. But the door's open. So as the band comes up, let's pray. Father, on this day, we worship you because you showed us how much you loved us. You showed us that even when you mean nothing to us, we mean everything to you. You showed us that when we're sinners, that's just the right time for you to come and to die for us. And I pray, God, right now, for every person in this room who has never received you into their heart, who has never surrendered their life that you created to them, to you. And God, I don't know who you're working in or what turtle you're picking up right now, but I just pray for them. And I ask that you give them the grace to surrender their life right now to you to receive your forgiveness and then to receive the Holy Spirit of God into their life, to surrender their life unto you so that you can finally begin pouring the blessing that is theirs into their being. And I just want to say, if that's you, would you, in your own heart, ask Jesus to come in now. Surrender to him now. Receive from him right now. And then, God, I want to pray for every one of your children that's just got caught up in stuff that doesn't really matter, who's taken their eyes off of you, who's forgotten the inheritance that's theirs, who's struggling in their soul, and who's sinned so bad they don't want to look at you again. I just pray that you grab their cheeks and lift their face up and look them in the eye and remind them that you died for that sin and that you love them, and that you have everything they need for life. And I just pray you'd bring them home today. And they'd catch fire again of your grace and your love, your holiness and your righteousness. We worship you and we praise you for Easter, Jesus. Thank you so much for loving every person that's in this room. And we pray for it in Jesus' name. Amen. We just have one last song that we're going to do. And um, we are going to be taking our offering during this song. So again, if, if God's love has so filled your heart that you just love him back and, and you give financially to him because you realize he, everything you got came from him in the first place, then please just enjoy the opportunity to worship him in that way. But in this final song, we're going to give you a chance to listen. We're going to give you a chance to see, to enhance, and just to to sit here and to receive from God. And I want, I want to, what I want to ask you to do during this last moment is just reflect on what I've shared with you, that you have everything that you need. Reflect on the strength and the power and the love that God wants to give you. Let me just read for you a couple of the words before we start. Because maybe this is be what you can say. It says, find me here. Speak to me. I want to feel you. I need to hear you. 
You are the light that's leading me to the place where I find peace again. You are the strength that keeps me walking. You're the hope that keeps me trusting. You're the light to my soul. You are my purpose. You're everything. How could I stand here with you? How could you sit here with him and not be moved by him? Would you tell me how could it be any better than this? Because you are everything I want. And you are everything that I need. Let's worship him together.